I expected more than what what actually there is in life. I don't know, I always was expecting more. If I had 100 million in the bank, I'd expect it to feel different. If I bought a, a, a Ferrari or a, or a Bentley or whatever, it didn't mean anything. There was no, there was no substance to it. Nothing was value. Nothing. Even being lineal champion of the world and winning all them belts and beating a great man in an undefeated 11 years, it didn't have no meaning to it or value. I didn't value it. It wasn't an achievement for me. Seven billion people in the world and I was the man who, who became world heavyweight champion at that time. But it didn't mean anything. It didn't mean as much as these slippers on my feet today. Nothing. I was depressed. I didn't want to live. I, wanted, I really wanted to die. I wanted a date with the deaf man. I didn't have nothing to live for, in my opinion. In my mind, nothing was worth living for and everything was pointless. What's the point? What's the point earning money? What's the point being rich? What's the point being successful? What's the point having a family? What's the point breathing air? Everything that there was a point in doing, I had a question for. Tyson Fury, the current heavyweight boxing champion of the world, talks about his battles with depression and thoughts of suicide after he defeated a man many considered unbeatable, Vladimir Klitschko, and became the lineal heavyweight champion back in 2015. It was a dream he'd been chasing almost his whole life, since he saw Klitschko boxing on television as a youth. Against all odds, he won the contest, but instead of the jubilation of victory, he felt a personal defeat that sent him into a downward spiral of depression and alcohol abuse that lasted two years. It was a lingering feeling that had been with him as far back as he could remember, but he set it aside to focus on achieving his goal. And once it had been done, the negativity inside his mind spilled out and erased any sense of accomplishment from his massive win. Tyson went on to find inspiration, refocus his mind and get back to the drawing board but not before putting on a ton of weight and deciding to end his life by driving his Ferrari into a bridge at breakneck speeds. Before he was about to accelerate and make that fatal decision, he got a grip, pulled over and realized he had to find help or he wouldn't survive the next time around. The story of Tyson's comeback, where he recently defeated Deontay Wilder to recapture the heavyweight title after most had written him off, is not an end to his mental health problems, but rather the champ focuses on day-to-day -day work to keep himself in a good place psychologically. Thanks to this and a strong support system around him, he has learned to manage his condition and now speaks publicly about it in the hopes that it will help others find peace. Mental health issues are surrounded by stigma and are a topic that many find difficult to openly discuss, yet we all experience them to some degree or another. Almost no one will go through life without entering a period of depression, anxiety, or addiction. We have to make a constant effort to look after our mental health and open up about our problems to those who could lend a helping hand. On this episode of Fight IQ, we learn that the greatest adversary in our lives is the enemy within. I have a depressive personality, so like uh, when when things like that arise, and I, and I look at myself and I see that I haven't been growing and I'm not doing the right things, I feel behind, and uh, I start to get depressed. I start to get depressed, and um, it's even hard for me to talk about. Really, it's hard for me to talk about. I've never talked about this sort of stuff, but I get depressed and losing, and uh, 
and and seeing I think how far I've fallen. Clarifying that though, when you're talking about getting depressed, you actually mean depression. You don't mean I'll get sad when I lose. No, like it's <laughs> sad, but I no, I, I start to go in like a downward spiral into into what you would call depression because um when that starts to happen, it's it's hard. It's I feel. And the problem with with the with depression is that like you don't you don't see it creeping up on you. You don't notice. You don't you don't all of a sudden be like, well, I feel terrible. I must be going through depression. What starts to happen is it's subtle and it's sneaky and it creeps in, and you just start to. It, it starts slowly, like you just don't want to go out, or you just don't feel like training, or you don't want to go. Like your your mate will call you. Instead of answering, you just be like, mm, I can't bother. And you put it down. Or you'll get text messages and you'll be like, and you just don't want to, you can't, you feel like you just can't be bothered replying to text messages. And that's how it starts, you know. And then then, then you're trying to get out of sessions because, one, there's no feeling like drive taking you there to do it. And two, because the feeling of going to the session and getting absolutely hammered and feeling like unfulfilled because like it's it's just double backing on itself. Like you go to the session, you don't perform well, and then you sit back and you look at yourself and you think like, well, I'm not performing well because I took all these months off or because I haven't been doing the right things. And then you're, <laughs> then you're double depressed and then you don't want to go to the next session. And then like, and myself, like I, I don't like, like, I start to really retreat within myself and, and just feel bad. I just feel terrible. I don't feel unmotivated to do things. And uh, it just it just gets worse and worse and worse. Former UFC middleweight champion Robert Whitaker has a stellar record of 20 wins and five losses at the professional level in the sport of mixed martial arts. But as he recounts here, he feels the sting of defeat far greater than the thrill of victory. His battles with depression, which for Rob manifests itself as feelings of low self-worth and an extreme lack of motivation, have had a negative impact on his life to be sure, and although they are certainly more drastic than many of us will face, I think we can all relate to the experience he's outlined here on some level. Robert said that when he's not growing and not doing the right things, he feels behind. That is very much at the core of his experience, and we all have those things we know we should be doing, but have been putting off, and they haunt our minds, zap our confidence, and put mental roadblocks in the way of real, meaningful progress. It's very much like what Conor McGregor touched on in the last episode. When you're not working, that's when the doubt seeps in and doubt is removed by action. Many of those I've heard speak about depression have mentioned about how taking positive actions that move you forward, no matter how trivial, can contribute to getting back your sense of worth and moving towards a better place. When it comes to big changes and great efforts I've made in my own life, they often come from deep feelings of disappointment in myself or frustration over the way I'm going about my life. Positive change very often comes from a negative experience, a term I've heard called post-traumatic growth. When we are not too heavily burdened by an extreme level of depression or anxiety, we can control our response to negative situations or disappointing outcomes by choosing our response to them. This takes a great deal of effort to find a way to use failure and disappointment as a motivator, but it is well worth doing and an attribute that can preemptively prevent future negative thinking and allow you to crush goals like never before. For those like Robert, who seem to have it all to those looking in from the outside, 
The reality of depression is especially severe. I think he finds it difficult to talk about because, as a fighter, he considers it to be exposing a vulnerability to a world that views him as a superhero. As the first Australian champion in the UFC, he carries a nation on his shoulders and is looked up to by the public as an inspiration. To then put it out there that he has been struggling this whole time, it brings with it fear that people will no longer view him in the same way. And Rob comes across as such a good guy, I don't think he wants to let anyone down, especially his family. This is why it's so important to find people to confide in when we are feeling like things are hopeless in our lives. And we need to pull up our bootstraps and take action on those things that have been left undone in our minds, leaving a frayed line instead of a completed loop. Each small action we can take feeds into the next. And although it can take a long time, when you make consistent efforts, regardless of what negative self-talk your brain is transmitting to you, you can find some solace and move yourself forward. As a kid, I've been through so much. You know, I've been through living in a shelter, living in a living in a car and just just lived through so much abuse in, in, in my childhood, going through 14 different elementary schools. And I was never really able to talk about that. And I let that affect me and patterns in my life. I was able to go through a program and find out a lot about a, a lot about myself in this program. I followed alongside Dominic. My coach, Eric Del Fierro, has went through this program. And it really helped me just find myself mentally, it helped me find my confidence. And, you know, as a kid, when you go through stuff like that, I was really realizing I was failing at my biggest moments. Like, why every time do I fail at my biggest moment? And, you know, to be completely honest with you, uh, I didn't really believe in myself. I didn't, you know, why, why should a young kid from Des Moines, Iowa be, be a champion? You know, and right as I was about to get my title break, I would just drop the ball. There was no self-confidence. You know, those things were holding me back. I was able to dig deep, really go in, get some tools, get some coaching uh, from some of the best people in the world. Uh, that was better than any type of counseling that I've ever been to. And it's really helped me grow tremendously with my relationships, even with my wife and my relationships at home with my kids. You know, uh, after that loss, it wasn't even it wasn't even about the fight. It was just these patterns in my life that was really setting me back. I was literally ready to change my life, like change my wife, change my house, change my car, you know, let alone like I was I was thinking like suicidal, suicidal thoughts. And little did I know, once I got into this program, all I had to do was change my mindset, find some tools, uh, discover a little bit more about myself, dig a little bit deeper, share these things with people so that, you know, they can see where I come from. And I can also learn from their, their life experience as well. Many patterns of behavior in our life set us back. A lot of them have been subconsciously programmed into our minds over the course of years or decades to the point where we barely question them. This is how addiction works whether to drugs, sugar, gambling, or whatever. And it's also how depression and anxiety can manifest from repeated and habitual negative thought patterns. For UFC featherweight fighter Jeremy Stevens, part of what was holding him back was lingering emotions from his childhood where he underwent abuse and trauma that never fully dissipated when he became an adult. We are often affected by our past, often without even knowing it. And Jeremy's journey to unravel who he was and why he was behaving in certain ways paid off for him and allowed him to refocus himself on his MMA career. Our subconscious mind is like a sponge, absorbing and remembering every single thing that has ever happened to us, every thought we've ever manifested, and every word we've ever heard or spoken to others. Most of all, 
It remembers and absorbs the words we speak to ourselves when we tell ourselves a story about who we are. What is your narrative? How do you paint yourself in your mind's eye? It's important to know this because it's very easy to allow past events or reoccurring negative thoughts to shape our story in a way that hinders us and holds us back. On the flip side, we have the capacity to write a new story into our subconscious through focused and dedicated inner work. There are many methods of looking within ourselves and eliminating lingering self-doubt and disempowering beliefs that stem from our past. Jeremy talks about a program he took that provided him with new tools to deal with his depression and take back control of his own narrative. Meditation is one great tool, whether in silence or with a guided recording that seeks to instill empowering beliefs in your mind. Many of these kinds of guided meditations are available on YouTube free of charge, so I encourage you to give them a shot. You never know which tools will work best for you, so it only makes sense to try a variety of them. Therapy is another option, and one that provides you with another human being who is empathetic to your struggles and can provide an outside perspective to the things you're going through. I've never tried therapy, though I have had experiences with close friends where we shared our struggles and both come out of it stronger. There are many more options, but the point is, seek out tools to solve the problem at hand, because if you don't amass an array of options to deal with depression, your mind will default to what it knows best, and there can be a strange sort of comfortable familiarity with wallowing in your own misery. Through doing this work, through making the effort to better your mental state and reset your default thought patterns, you can find a whole new inner strength and a power you never knew you had within you. It all came to the fray kind of after Singapore because got the bonus, knocked the studio out, a lot of like a little bit of fame and uh, money and stuff. So I realized that I was uh, my drive for a little while to get into the UFC was what I perceived as money and fame. You know, like what you know, it's all oh, this career. It's like flashy, flashy. I want that, but um, it brought to the fray that uh, I felt empty afterwards. I wasn't actually happy. And then I had to go back home. I had to go back home to Marae Nui Napier to reconnect with my family, uh, to reconnect with Te Ao Māori, like the Māori world. And that really rooted me back to the real reasons why I started fighting, which was to basically get to this platform and spread a positive message. I think I was real lucky. My body brought everything. I basically started crying randomly. And I was like, why am I crying randomly when I have like lots of money now and lots of fame, all these things that I thought I wanted. That's why, because I thought I wanted them so much that I was willing to, you know, we risk so much out there in the cage. You're, I'm taking years off my life. At the end of my life, my, my grandkids won't be able to experience me or live, you know, they might not even see me or whatever. That's the risk that we take. And if you're just taking that for money and for people to be like, you're the man, that's messed up, man. So... It reminded me I needed to know why I really did it and I think it just made me way more powerful and you've got to listen to that to that to that voice inside yourself and for me that voice was a dark voice for a period of time that's when I that's why I had to take that time off UFC featherweight Shane Young details his reasons for taking a break from fighting and at the heart of it all was a major lack of real connection with his efforts in the octagon the reasons he fought for were ones that he thought mattered and it's the typical rock star fantasy. Money, fame, girls, and well, the whole world and everything in it. So many people have a misconception that if they only were famous like this guy or that guy, or if they were only rich, then they would be fulfilled and the world would be resting in the palm of their hand. 
There's a wonderful quote from Jim Carrey where he says, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it is not the answer. Money and notoriety are 100% external factors, and so they can never make us feel truly complete within. The things happening in our external environment are far less important than the things happening within our minds. Ten different people can all be living identical lives and all have drastically different views on those lives based on how they choose to process things. It really isn't about how many accolades you have or how many people know your name. It's about the way you view that journey and what it means to you. What is the meaning you assign to your efforts and why does that matter? These are questions we should have answers to if we're pouring our efforts into something. Action may erase doubt, but only if that action is in line with our standards and values. So very often we need to take a step back and take some time to figure out what those really are as well. Like all of the fighters we've been hearing from today, a big part of Shane's healing was to realize he was struggling and to let those close to him know what he was going through. It was going back to his old neighborhood in Napier, New Zealand, where a lot of the indigenous Maori are in the grips of crime, drug addiction, and hopelessness. He was able to look at where he came from and not be grateful to be away from that place, but excited to be a part of it again and improve upon it. He took great joy from sharing his story with the people there to show them there is a way to rise above your surroundings and not be a product of your environment. He embraced his roots and realized there was a way he could make a positive impact. And as I've discussed before, this is one of the most powerful ways to raise your own spirits and gain a feeling of self-worth. It is often said that humans are social animals. We rely on support and positive connections with the people around us whether we admit it or not. When we do good unto others, even in small ways, we get a natural boost of dopamine as a reward for contributing to our tribe, the tribe of humanity. The most powerful way to change yourself for the better is to help others do the same. With that in mind, I'd like to leave you with a quote from American philosopher Ralph Waldo Emerson. The purpose of life is not to be happy. It is to be useful to be honorable, to be compassionate, to have it make some difference that you have lived and lived well. Thank you very much, my friends, for joining me on this episode of the Fight IQ podcast. My name is Jesse Day, and this podcast is all about combat sports psychology, where we delve into the minds of the world's greatest combat sports athletes and find gems of wisdom we can all apply to our own lives as well. New episodes drop every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific time at fightiqpodcast.com and wherever podcasts are found online. You can reach out to me at info at fightiqpodcast.com. Shoot me an email there with any questions, comments, criticisms, or suggestions for the show. And if you really love this program, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash fightiqpodcast where you can have a direct impact on the topics that I choose moving forward. All right, that's it for me this week. Thank you once again, and I'll see you guys next time on Fight IQ.